Hello, and welcome to the Strategic Insights Podcast brought to you by Strategic Enhancement Group. I am Tim Deitch, Senior Performance Consultant with Strategic Enhancement Group, and today I'm joined by two colleagues from SEG, Bo Smith, our Performance Consultant, and Rick Vanata, our Senior Consultant. Welcome, gentlemen. Well, you all know our mission at SEG is to enhance human performance to drive business results. This mission has never been more alive than it is today. You know, this podcast comes to you during the COVID-19 pandemic. This is a time when businesses are working with their own customers who have experienced significant change. You know, some of these changes are clear, like people working from home, and some are not as clear, like their true financial picture, changes in leadership, changes in how they make decisions. You know, so our premise is if your customers are going through changes like these, you need to reassess some aspect of your value proposition to them. They have new needs you must adjust to. So, you know, we don't have to change, right? But if you don't, you risk losing some or all of their business. This is very much on our minds now. So at SEG, our own customers have changed, right? Some slightly, some greatly. And that brings us to today's focus. We want to share an approach we use to ensure our clients are prepared to succeed and able to deliver that new value that their customers need. So important, as you listen in today, know that Strategic Enhancement Group can help you and your company. We urge you to contact us if any aspect of this approach resonates with you. We're extremely passionate about this moment and we're ready to help. Let's get started. So Rick, the first question is to you. What do you think about this notion that a company's value proposition in these times, it, it really may need to change? Tim, thanks for asking. Um, in our new world, customers have different needs. As a result, companies have to adjust their value proposition for their customer. This also must include company resources, such as financial resources, supply chain, safety, capacity, and timing. Additionally, priorities within the organization can change. There may be very different considerations now. Exactly. And, and, and Bo, so, so why is it that if a company needs to adjust its value proposition, these things that, that, that Rick just described, like supply chain and safety and so forth, it has to examine the ability to deliver on, the, on these changes. Why can't they just pivot with the skills and systems they already have in place? Well, Tim, as Rick said, organizations' priorities can change, and that's happening right now. Let me give you an example. I recently was in a virtual sales seminar where an IT firm's vice president of sales spoke of how they're adjusting to the pandemic. They do a lot of business with government. I don't have to tell you, government revenues are down. Budgets are being cut. The firm decided for the time being that the type of sales call to existing customers needed to change to one of education and support rather than selling. Salespeople previously had been expected to make 10 to 12 face-to-face -face selling calls a week. That can't happen right now. This company, now they've got some salespeople making virtual calls from their home office in their bathroom. So face-to-face -face had to change to virtual with a different message. This company temporarily got rid of sales quotas. 
they had to develop new systems and skills, delivering differently. Priorities and objectives changed. That made the role of managers change, as well as what they measure. The company re-looked at its value proposition, and in today's environment, they recognized they had to deliver differently. Yeah, I think, well, well, two things are really interesting about what you just said, Bo. Um, uh, making calls from the bathroom, uh, that's that's new. Um, and I'm not, you know, I, I think we could help with that, but I just think that's that's actually pretty funny and interesting. But the other thing is the role of managers, right? That that you introduced how the role of managers needs to shift, and uh, and we'll be addressing that uh, uh, as we uh, as we talk today. So let's shift our conversation to the how of knowing what and where to adjust to to deliver on a new value proposition. You know, this is an area that that strategic enhancement group has significant experience, and so what I want to do is paint a picture for you now in your mind's eye. Picture a bridge, and it's not a small one. It's the bridge I'm thinking of is, is the shape of an arc, right? As kids and adults, we've all driven across large bridges where nearly every 40 feet, we're, we're gifted this unique view of the environment and of our destination. You know, we're more attentive on this type of bridge, right? We, if we were reading a book, we put it down. Maybe we were listening to some music and we stop. And because our eyes scan both sides of the bridge and we look to the other side, the, the destination, we're just flat out seeing things differently. You know, at SEG, we take clients through this experience in moments like this. And we call this the bridge. Right. The components of the bridge, these 40 foot sections represent a process we take to help a client achieve new business results. And given all that's taken place today, we recognize that many of our own clients need to walk that bridge again. And that's where we're helping. So the bridge consists of six components. We'll discuss them a little bit more in depth one at a time. But here they are in summary. Number one, the first step onto that bridge is, is establish your focus. And we mean by that the objectives, the new objectives that you're after and the strategies that you intend to take to attain those objectives. The second component is to identify. Identify the skills and competencies and maybe the culture required to actually execute the strategies that you're after. The third component is to assess and select. And simply stated, this means you're assessing the competencies of your team in the context of those skills that you know you've identified. In other words, is your team ready to deliver those skills? And where they're not, you select the areas that you must develop. Fourth, it's develop. Deliver the training. To help, help train your people specifically in those skills that you know you need to shore up. Fifth, reinforce. This is where those skills, that training comes to life. It's coaching and it's practice. And you reinforce these new skills to make sure that they're applied well. And then six, now you're coming off the bridge. Six is to measure, right? T using tools that help you understand the degree to which your employees are using these skills and behaviors as you want them to be. It's not just about measuring bottom line as the test. It's our people behaving and using these skills differently. Okay, so there's the six components. Let's take that first step onto the bridge and dig a little deeper. So, and that, that step is focus. So, Bo, 
You've run businesses throughout your career. Why is establishing this new focus so important as the place to begin? Tim, it's because a number of businesses won't be around if they don't relook at the new business environment and make adjustments. Firms with clear missions, core values, and good cultures should try to stay true to those. But it's likely that how they do what they do, their vision may change. There may be a new path requiring revisiting the strategic plan. This will clarify the new outcome they want. Then it's important to communicate this new business focus to everyone in the company so all are on the same page. Right. And the, and the strategies, also communicating the strategies that help achieve this vision are just as critical, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. Yeah. So now let's move from focus, right, to identifying. Now, Rick, what do we mean by identify and why is that so important at this stage? Well, Tim, in this step, we're really identifying our resources to achieve the change required. This helps us to avoid assumptions about what's needed and keeps us from looking at people through an old lens. I spent the majority of my life working in photography. And while the focus is critical to a clean picture, you have to understand the composition. And that's really what we're talking about. People change over time. We want to confirm not only to the needs in the next steps, but do our people actually have the skills and abilities to achieve the desired state? Many organizations refer to this as competencies. It's about what you can actually do. Yeah, you know, my experience in this area of identify, Rick, is, has been that um, uh, a lot of clients just jump over this piece. And, and you wouldn't think they would, but they sort of just jump to and say, well, we need new sales training. We just need sales training, as opposed to looking at what specifically the skills that they need. Have, have you found this in your experience? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Um, without understanding what a person can actually do, knowledge is important. Don't let me understate that. But you have to have that ability and that bench strength to be able to achieve results. Right. Okay. So let's move to that next step up on the bridge. We're reaching the crest of the bridge where it becomes clear to us what we should work on most. And that step is called the assess and select uh, phase. Now that we've identified the competencies we need, like we want to assess our current competencies of our teams and managers. We don't make assumptions. You know, sports teams and orchestras and dance companies are pretty instructive here. Every season, their environments change. And every year, they have to assess their talent to make sure they're equipped to compete or deliver, right? In the current business environment, this type of assessment is especially important and for two reasons. One is it helps us avoid assumptions about what we have in place, right? We don't want to assume we are just as capable uh, of doing what we need to do now as we did before. And two is that we can also use this time to assess managers. As Bo mentioned before, we're back to the managers, assess their ability to ensure the success of their teams. So once we've done that assessment, it's time to select. It clarifies the skills and behaviors that need to be developed when we select well. We point to the areas specifically where the training needs to take place. This selection moment can save a lot of money and time by pinpointing the right development areas. So, so Bo, in your experience, what is the right selection? You know, how does that actually save a client money and time? 
Well, Tim, once assessments have been done, the firm doesn't have to guess about what talent it has. That ensures you've got the right people with the right skills. You may have learned that there are skill or behavior gaps. Some on the team may need further development with specific training. You may discern that some won't be able to adjust and hiring may be necessary. At a time like now when budgets are particularly stressed, all this saves you time and money. Yeah, I've never, uh, I've never worked with a client where when we really, really honed in on specifically what skills we need to focus, I've never worked with one where it didn't actually save money from the original conversation. So now that we've reached the top of that bridge, right, we have a view of the environment that we didn't have when we started. We know our objectives, we under, we've identified the skills we need, and then the ones we need to develop. We're on the same page, right? So we're now ready to move past the crest and to invest in our people. So the fourth step is develop the skills and behaviors that we need. So Rick, what would you say are the most essential aspects of developing skills, mostly among adults, right? The areas that many organizations overlook at that training moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, preparing is, is probably the number one thing that's overlooked, unbelievably. You need to make sure that the training is tightly relevant to the participant and actually builds the skills that helps a person achieve their business goals. There's nothing worse than being sent to a training session for skills that you've already got. Another thing is the involvement of leadership. Training demonstrates leadership's commitment to an employee's success, but the presence of managers and leaders proves the company is actually serious about the direction of the company and the employee's success. There's, there's nothing more solid as far as a statement goes from leadership being present for the training and participative in the process. Yeah, and I, I would guess, wouldn't you agree, Rick, that in with all that we're going through now and all businesses are going through, the presence of leaders is perhaps more important than it's ever been. Would you agree? I absolutely agree. I, I think that, that one of the things that we're seeing right now is almost a vacuum of leadership, uh, the non-presence. People are looking for direction looking for answers and looking for support. And it doesn't mean that as a leader, you can't say, I don't know, but you need to be there to support the people and help, help us all get through this. Absolutely. So we've delivered that training and now it's on to step five and that's reinforcement, right? We've, uh, we've installed new skills and behaviors and it's time to ensure true development takes place. Right. So, Bo, tell us from your experience what value you place on reinforcement and the keys to its success. It's essential, Tim. A number of studies have shown that up to 85% of learning is lost without reinforcement. Many organizations train their people in needed skills, and then they don't go to the next step of ensuring the application of the training. As a result, the newly gained skills are lost. In order to succeed, the new skills must be practiced and supported within the organization. We at SEG have a number of strategies to accomplish this. Reinforcement is a vital step for an organization to achieve the desired change in behaviors and processes. Absolutely. And so from that reinforcement point, let's move to the sixth and final component, the element that proves we've moved to the other side of the bridge, right? And that's measurement. You know, generally there's four levels of measurement, 
All right. We start with that smile test, course evaluations from training and so forth. But that's really that's really just how did the training day go? The other three areas to, to assess are learning what was actually learned. What is that behavior change or what is the degree to which we've changed behaviors? And, and, and Bo, you speak to that so importantly in the reinforcement piece. And then finally, sort of what's the, what's the ROI? It's bottom line, but it's also what's the actual return from training? So measurement done well takes us beyond anecdotal examples, right? And tells us if we're achieving as a body what we set out to do. So Rick, you know, in your mind, what, what are the most powerful, you know, benefits of measuring your progress down to these levels, learning, behavior change, and ROI? Well, we need to confirm what's working and what's not in an objective fashion. We need to know if we're achieving the key performance indicators that we set out to achieve when starting this success or starting this change process. It may be the actual ROI or it may be another indicator. This is about knowing versus assuming what the real differences are to be able to determine actual performance. Yeah. And, and Bo and Rick, I'll ask you this question a little bit. Um, fair to say all of our clients, you know, the toughest area we have with them is actually getting them to do this measurement. Um, in the beginning of a relationship, they all talk about measurement as being important, but actually measuring uh, is, is a challenge for them. Why do you all think that's so? Well, Tim, I, I know that my own work in this area for the past 20 years is because we typically don't sit down and really think through what it is we're trying to achieve. Uh, we, we talked a little bit about preparing uh, for the training. We talked about focus. We talked about identifying skills. We need to go back and actually look to make sure that we actually achieve what we set out to do. Coming back with an ROI can be a challenge a lot of times because so many things go into, uh, you know, your bottom line, which is what everybody really wants to start off and say, well, I just want to make things better. No, let's really, you know, focus in and zoom in to see what we have to measure and, and set some KPIs and go back out after the fact. Let's not just send them to training and say, okay, it's all fixed now. Let's go through all these steps to get across that bridge and not fall in the water along the way. You know, Tim, I think as well, there are firms out there that in this COVID environment where they've had to pivot and do things differently and measure things differently that don't think maybe the tools exist right now for measurement. But actually, at SEG, we've got a variety of different ways that we can help them. We do. And, and um, uh, Rick, I'm struck by the, you know, taking us back to the bridge, you know, imagine crossing all the way over the bridge and, and really at the end of the time, not intending to actually leave the bridge, right? Like exactly. you said, falling into the water. So I love that. I love that, uh, that analogy. Thank you. Thank you both. So we've covered a lot of information and, and let's review quickly. Our mission at SEG is to enhance human performance to drive business results. The basis of this podcast is the knowledge that all of our customer relationships have changed in some material way. And these changes require us to examine our value proposition and adapt internally so that we're capable of delivering this new value needed by our customers. So at SEG, we call the process of examination the bridge, six, a six-part path that we take to ensure our clients' investment puts them in the best position to succeed today. 
These six components are a quick review again. Number one, focus. Define the desired outcomes that you, you have right now and the strategies to get you there. Number two, identify. Identify the skills needed to achieve the, the desired results and to deliver on those strategies. Number three, assess and select. Assess your competencies, understand your current streaks and weaknesses, and as a result, select the weaknesses that you know you need to develop. Number four, develop. Deliver those learning paths and those training sessions to help employees get stronger in the areas you need them to be. Number five, reinforce. This is where those skill areas and those muscles get, get, get strengthened as much as possible. Practice and coach to the new skills and behaviors. And number six, measure. We've spent a lot of time on this because it's so important to assess the degree to which we've moved the needle on the behaviors we need and certainly to assess the results against them. Six components to help you reboot for these times. You know, as you return to operation, we wish you the best to adjusting to your own and your customers' needs. If you do, we're certain you'll build more loyal and profitable business relationships and get everybody through this time. Finally, two things before we close. First, Rick and Bo, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Tim. Guys, it was really a pleasure for me to be a part of this, and I hope this was helpful for our listeners. Tim and Rick, thank you for having me. Thanks, guys. So as we said at the beginning, we're here to help. We can help with the full path across the bridge or any specific component. If this approach resonates with you, please contact us. We are extremely passionate about this work and we're ready to help. To get started, connect with us directly by visiting us at strategicenhancement.com.